What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the ABJ podcast. I am Anthony Blackwell Jr., your host of this crazy, crazy adventure we call the ABJ podcast. It is a snapshot journal of uh, people's stories. Uh, it's a lot of independent wrestling, but uh, that that could be anything, you know. And if if you want to be a guest, uh, check out the links below to uh, to join and 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 sign up to become a guest. Um, we do have a sponsor to read off here. Elevation 1470 is reinventing the style by bringing traditional and nostalgic apparel to the fractal surrounding areas in School County, Pennsylvania. They pride themselves in hometown heritage and community. Elevation 1470 is where the trail begins. You can find them at elevation1470.com to find all the latest and nostalgic uh, styles in School County, Pennsylvania. So definitely go check them out. They're uh, very, very helpful to the podcast. Um, there are some other possible sponsors coming very, very soon. I can't announce anything until it's confirmed or official. Um, if you'd like to become a sponsor, hit up the podcast as well. Um, links below to support the podcast. If you're listening on Spotify or any audio things, there is a tab there that says ways to support this podcast. You can do like a dollar a month or something like that. It's brand new to Spotify, so it helps out small guys like us. Um, as well as merchandise, we got the new um, – iced tea and chocolate milk stickers as well as the five seven O's and the ABJ duct tapes. It's all out there. Uh, that, that no good scumbag Ricky price just made the, I hate ABJ um, thing. So I don't know that might be popping up here soon. So you can either love me or hate me either way. There might be a t-shirt for it. Um, uh, like I said, check out everything below in the links, all social medias, the whole fun stuff. Um, episode 49. So we have 49 happening right now. Episode 50 will be this Thursday with kit raft. Uh, I'm sorry, Tuesday, tomorrow. My days are all over the place. Tomorrow, Kit Raff for episode 50. Episode 51 will be on Thursday with Cosmic. And then on Sunday, we'll wrap up the month with Ricky Price. So this week, I'm giving you four podcasts. Four. For a guy who just quit a week ago, here's four episodes for you. So I don't want any, you know, no, no more smoke from all of you, all right? <laughs> and then next month, I have a whole lineup. A lot of people confirmed. Um, maybe if you guys are good little boys and girls on social media, I'll give you some teasers on who's coming very, very soon. Without further ado, I want to bring in somebody who I worked with at Shore Star Wrestling, Pro Wrestling After Dark. He's big on the Jersey scene. A, 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 a uh, you know, it's, it's. Uh, how can I say it? I always pick on him when I was on commentary, but I don't want to do that right now. Um, but he is, uh, he is the definition of old school. And uh, he, he has a great story. I'm going to bring in my guy here, Mr. Sam. What's going on, my guy? Oh, <laughs> back from the trenches, ABJ. Yeah, I, I walked I walked, uh, I walked, walked a thousand miles to get to you, I guess. What, what's that song? I will walk 5,000 miles. My car broke down. It was a, it was a walk really far joke. And I'm fat, and I hate that. <laughs> I'm cracking dad jokes, but I'm the dad here. That's crazy. I know. I know, I know. So how you doing, man? I am friggin' superb, man. I'm so stoked. I went through, you had your own emotional roller coaster, which I don't want to like compare mine to, but I was so stoked for this interview last week. Yeah, I, I was, was too. Messages with you. You ghosted me for a couple hours. I was like, is he going to message back? I don't know. So when my car broke down, I was literally walk, I was sitting in my car and I was like, well, I, I walked home. And then I, I messaged you just to give you a heads up. And then the rest of the day, I was on the phone with a tow truck company trying to get my car off the side of the road and taking it to a garage so I could figure out what. So that was literally most of my day. So I wasn't ghosting you. I was just I was in I was like, like all, recovery I, mode. All that crap he was talking. It was real. <laughs> He's got real heat. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, I got You know, now you mention it. I got so many things I got to talk about just based off that. But first of all. Can we talk about that? That you talking trash about me on the uh, on the mics? Absolutely. Yeah. Let me say something. First of all, phenomenal. You, your boy, you guys do phenomenal work. We appreciate that. I will say this: that first time you saw me do that interview, the one that you keep talking about, <laughs> never give this guy a microphone. Which he's kind of giving me a microphone right now, so thank you. Yeah. Dude, you got to understand, 12 years out of the business, first time on the mic, already nervous, 30 seconds before I go out there, I get word, oh, you also got to talk about Halloween parade and everything else happening. Dude, my mind was spinning, and in my mind, it was short and sweet. Touche, brother. It was a long one. (laughs) I I may have also have uh, consumed three or four or five beers uh, on commentary of that show. So I was, I was feeling it. I was in the zone. Can we talk about beer for a second? We you could are, talk about beer all day long. 
you're a connoisseur, am I right? Love me some beer. You mentioned orange drink before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know you know your crafts. Have you ever heard of vinyl brewing in Hamilton? Uh. I don't think I've heard of that one. I do know of another vinyl place. Like it's a brewery that there's their thing is you bring your own vinyl and they play it. And then everyone kind of vibes in the brewery and listens to vinyl all day long. As much as I love that. I love this one even more because it's run by this guy named Jim Sacco, who I'm actually training right now in wrestling. This dude made a bar based off of punk rock and pro wrestling. So. I'm in. I'm in. Once I get my car fixed, we'll we'll meet up and we'll record an episode drinking their beers. That's what's up. That's what's up, dude. Orange drink. It's delicious. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Love me some beer. But yeah, you, so you came out, made your return. You got in the microphone. And I think the first thing I said was, holy crap, Just Incredible looks amazing. <laughs> dude, do you know I get that on the street? I'm just yeah. like someone randomly, yo, you look like Just Incredible. You probably don't know him. I'm like, actually. <laughs> I've seen Just Incredible uh, maybe about four or five months ago. He wishes he looked like you still. <laughs> uh, once once they said I look like him, I started Googling and I was like, oh, oh not today's Just Incredible. No. Okay. I'll okay. tell you what, I seen Just Incredible and didn't know I was in the same room as Just Incredible. And he's got that documentary, right? He's making a film about his his deal. I don't know much about him. But... Is it Dark Side of the Ring? Because it uh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Guys, guys been through some stuff. But it's a pro wrestling business. This this business just beats the crap out of you. And I'm not shooting on the guy. I just he just, you know, age caught up. You know what, dude? It does beat the crap out of you. It does. Mentally and physically. Yeah, the mental part I wouldn't even mind talking about at some point in this interview because... I'm open for anything, brother. Listen, man, going from a place where I was before, I'm training with Steve Kern. Do you know who Steve Kern is? Yeah, I I heard of him, yeah. Skinner, I mean, but he did a ton of stuff down south. Awesome teacher. Also, Jimmy Del Rey, who is an interesting dude to say the least, but... Just being backstage back then as a kid, someone who grew up just like any worker, man, someone who just dreamed of being a pro wrestler one day and you get there and you see Marty Jannetty training in the ring you're about to train in and freaking Ed shows up and Big Show and I'm training with the freaking Big Show. And Steve Kern told me something the first time we I got there. He said, Sam, now the first thing you don't want to be is a mark. Okay. Like, okay, that makes sense. But to 18-year-old me, that was that was a heavy load because I was still a mark. So when I meet Edge, when I meet Eddie Guerrero, I can't be myself because I'm so focused on trying to be professional. Mm-hmm. 12 years later, man, four kids later, business, life, dude, I can go in there as a 40-year-old man and I'm just – hey, young, if any of you youngsters are watching – this is the only wisdom I'm going to drop on you because I wish it's something someone told me back in the day. No guarantees, man. Booker might light you. You might make it to the Fed. You might make it anywhere. But if I'm going to give you one piece of wisdom, it's something I wish I did back in the day, and I'm doing it right freaking now at 40 years old, and that is to have fun. and mm-hmm. sounds simple, but when you're worried about things, when you're worried about what people think about you, more than anything are you going to get booked for that next why didn't they book me man don't they know (laughs) story of my life (laughs) have fun man because moments are worth waiting for as a kid and when you get there you better enjoy it because it goes friggin' quick yeah and and no matter no matter how good how talented they will uh, somebody can come in cheaper somebody can come in and and sell a couple more tickets and your spot could be gone as quick as it was it was yours there's a lot of yeah, enjoy while you're there. Yep. Yeah, dude. I remember uh, one time I was bringing in, I was bringing in all my college friends. I mean, I'm talking about dozens of people chanting my name. So much so that my tag team partner and I, David Mercury, we got to have a title shot, a tag title shot in the NWA Florida against Antonio Banks, who is currently MVP, and Scoot Andrews, and we won the titles. But guess what happened once my college friends stopped showing up? <laughs> you lost your title. <laughs> I lost those titles real quick. <laughs> so it's true. Yep. And you know, back in the day, that ate me up. Today, like, for example, Shore Star, they weren't going to book me at the last show. Old Sam would have been like, damn, why not? It would have eaten me up all day. But new Sam is thinking, bummer, time to reach out and see who does want to book me. 
I'm glad as shit that they did book me because I'm a big, you know, I'm a big fan of Shore Star, and I, I definitely want to talk about that at some point. But yeah, well, yeah, we, we, can, we, we can stay on that topic if you want. Uh, well, that's essentially how we met. We, we you were doing a lot of work at Shore Star, had a lot of fun matches, had a false count anywhere or a somewhere match. False count um, somewhere. Yeah, you you uh. I knew I knew going into that as soon as that chalkboard was gonna get put over someone's head. <laughs> I remember being next to you guys and and we'll pull the curtain back a little bit. I remember someone someone saying, Will this cut you? And you're like, nah, I don't want to cut you. And I look, I go, that's gonna cut him. It's <laughs> 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 gonna cut him 100 percent And he got a big not a huge gash, but it it definitely scratched him. Dude, as soon as I yeah guilty man i was like be just fine yeah and, and just the first trickle of blood and i was like god dang he was right yep i was like i didn't say nothing i was just like that's definitely gonna cut him never hit anyone over the head with a chalkboard so live and learn you know yeah it was fun though you admit you and uh you and joe clean i would keep calling him mr clean but copyright's gonna get me joe clean <laughs> had, a, had a really fun match how did you so we kind of talked a little bit about your training and stuff how did you become uh well let's let's start with the normal how i normally start this off what's your earliest memory and when did you fall in love with professional wrestling man i'll never forget it it was uh it's probably six years old right and back in the day it was prime time i don't know it was mm-hmm. probably four year time i'm sure you know all this shit so anyways it's prime time and out come the friggin bushwhackers has happened to turn it on and at the time you know shout out to Vinny. i am a die hard ninja turtle fan anything Same. Same. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mikey for me all day. And I'm so, a Casey Jones guy. Casey Jones, right on. Not a lot of people say that first. I like that respect. But uh what was I talking about? Oh, so Bushwhackers. Bushwhackers. I don't know how we got from tur- turtles to bushwhackers. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden there's these two guys the bushwhackers are facing. And, and in my mind, these two these two dudes are way bigger than the bushwhackers. I'm a kid like anyone else who was getting picked on, and I wanted those smaller bushwhackers to win, but I didn't think they had a chance. Sure enough, they hit the batting ram, one, two, three, and I wanted to do it. Boom. That moment, of course, I went to my mom, and sh- she let me know about Santa Claus immediately afterwards, and it didn't even phase me. I was like, I don't care. I want to do this. And uh, from then on, man, every Raw, every – smackdown not at the time but anything i could get in wrestling i was obsessed 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 of course did the backyard deal my freaking poor friends man i used to make them all they all got hit with chairs and stuff i made them it was my life and if you were around me it was going to become a part of yours so there's nothing i wanted to do more than become a professional wrestler i uh I grew up, my original favorite was Texas Tornado. and I, I love Texas. I have a Texas Tornado t-shirt. Dude, you're going to have to show me that. And I need yep. to get, I, all of a sudden he was just gone. And I was like, where's my yeah. favorite? You know, found out years later. But then I grew up with Brett and Sean and uh, eventually went on to like the Hardy Boys type stuff. And just never fell out of love with wrestling. And eventually, my I was doing really bad in school. I, I hated school, which is weird coming for, from principal. But my parents told me, they were like, look, either you go and work with your hands out there somewhere, or you go and get a college degree and we'll pay for you to be a professional wrestler. And uh, I ended up in Tampa at the School of Hard Knocks with guys like uh, David Mercury, who right now is training at Jay Lethal School. Damian Angel, Eddie Torres, who's still in the game. I mean, T-Bolt, the list goes on and on of those guys. Steve Madison. It was a, it, it, the, the stories from the School of Hard Knocks were crazy. And you never knew who was coming in, man. You never knew if you were going to be training with Eddie Guerrero, you know, the big show. Just these guys who could teach you so much. But like I said, man, I did not take advantage like I should have of those, of those opportunities. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's tough, man. Like how you're saying before the whole the whole don't be a mark thing. Like, I I kind of try to conduct myself the same way. Like when I go to a promotion, I'm a content creator, and I was hired for my content, and I get hired for the what I'm doing right now. But when I show up at a promotion, I don't try to run around and make it about me, and I don't try to like scream, "Hey, look at me! Look at me! I'm a content guy." I I when I when I walk into a promotion, I put my banner down and I fly theirs. I'm there to do a job. You hired me to be your commentator. You hired me to do this. So my job isn't there. Like my job is to essentially make sure 
the show flows better with me not and me not hindering it so like i'm not going to pull somebody aside and say hey can we walk over here for 20 15 10 minutes so i can get an interview with you or can i do this during intermission and get an interview with you because that 15 20 minutes backstage you can be putting your match together you can have an experience we can just be having we can be living in the moment not through a camera and then your intermission time is a time for you to make money so why am i pulling away from that as well i think a lot of people don't do that and it's tough you know and then you know it but i, I do i get where you're coming from and it's it's tough man it's because you, you do see people that you idolize and you respect and you're like oh, i'm a fan but i have to i gotta tote that line you know yeah yeah first day of wrestling school it's like what the fuck my hero i used to love the rockers there's marty Janetti, you know yeah i met marty and i was like you are the reason i i'm in i'm a professional wrestling fan like i first time i seen wrestling was you and sean and i was hooked there and i'm sorry i'm more hooked on sean than you but you were my guy too (laughs) (laughs) so i was like i'm sorry i was rooting for sean to put you through that window It's literally what I told him. <laughs> dude, but the rockers, I still go back and watch old rockers stuff. It's yeah. so good. And dude, you know, it's like I meet Marty Janetti. I'm thinking, holy crap, there's Marty Janetti. And then I get to know Marty Janetti. I'm like, okay, <laughs> stories are true. Yeah, party Marty. Oh my God, dude, that guy. I thought I was going to get arrested with him. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a fun follow on social media, too. You get to hear stories behind bowling alleys and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. But well, like what you were saying, man, about your role and how you play it so well. And I'll say from my own experience, it's only been three times. But like, I love the way you and your boy pl- play your roles. I mean, not only on the mics, which the dynamic, the way you put the wrestlers over, you make it feel like it's real. It's really good. And. the way you conduct yourselves around the workers is great. And this is why I'm a shore star guy because I'm seeing that around shore star as well. I got, I got to give a shout out to Vinny because back in the day, I did not have a Vinny backstage running the show where Mm -hmm. I truly feel that he wants us to be part of a a well-oiled machine that it's not about me or him or his puppet or you or anybody it's about all of us working together i never heard that back in this back in the day he is he is the best um locker room leader i think i've ever worked with in this business i'm not and i haven't been in it very long but he is he is the epitome of a locker room leader vinny vinny chenzo is 100 a gem in this business and he should be treated as such and damn, dude, for his age, not even for his age, just for who he moves well in that ring, man. He's mm-hmm. doing pretty damn good work out there. Yeah, I, I'll never have a bad thing to say about Vinicenzo. Vinicenzo's my guy forever. Um, we have a question in the chat. Look, a question's already coming in. Please keep them going, everybody. Yeah, uh, I'll send a sex, Scott. I just wanted to say that, like, that's why I'm a short star guy, because I'm yeah. not 25-year-olds who are trying to make it big. If mm-hmm. I get recognized and they put me out there, That'd be a dream come true. But coming back after 12 years and getting to do this in front of my family, in front of my kids, and knowing that I could still do it and still get pops from the crowd, perhaps even steal a show. Like, well, I'm going to have a show in my backyard, in my town, at my summer camp. Like I said, have fun. And this is all the fun I could have. I, I don't... I don't care about going to that place or this place or how many shows I get booked for. If if Shorestar doesn't want me for whatever reason, I would be super bummed, but then I'd find one other place. But I'm not Mm -hmm. going around looking for a thousand bookings. I got four little kids at home. I'm just going to do the best with what I got and make every single match count. Absolutely. Um, well, actually, before we get to the question quick, I want to kind of piggyback off what we talked about there for a second. So you became a fan. You kind of said you went down to that school and wrestled and stuff like that. What What was the reason that after, you know, your, your years in the business that you did step away? Huh. So it was a, a, a plethora of reasons just to run them through. It's like, for one, I, uh, I had a lot of concussions. Like I, I just kept getting hit in the head for whatever reason, dropped by, you know, some workers aren't trained very well i was dropped on my head by some really good friggin never take a power bomb from roderick strong that dude will knock you out so <laughs> many many concussions um i moved to new york and you know the backstage politics and stuff i hate to say it but like it got to me i became very bitter about wrestling i looking back i loved my matches but i hate how i was backstage i wasn't a dick or anything but i wasn't myself i mm-hmm. wasn't show people who I really am and that I am part of the team. My last match, what I thought was my last match was 12 years ago. 
I flew to Florida, my stomping grounds. And I was supposed to tag with my old partner, David Mercury, but he was getting pushed to get a title shot that night. So I got to face this dude. I'm not going to say his name, but he's the hairiest dude you've ever seen. And if you've ever worked with a dude whose gimmick is being hairy, so he rubs your face in it, and you're doing all this in front of a crowd that is completely dead all night, it's a very depressing way to end <laughs> or life in the wrestling thing. So I got to ruminate over that for 12 years, dude. I have a hairy guy you could work. You can make up for it. He's, he's hairy, but he's very, 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 very talented. I guarantee the crowd's not dead if he's in the ring. All right, man. Maybe he can make me change my mind about these hairy <laughs> I'll try it. But um, so what ended up happening was, so 12 years go by. I'm just hating wrestling for a while didn't watch it for like eight years then my kids are born i'm like well i gotta show them this right mm -hmm. getting back into it i'm learning about the finn balors out there i'm seeing this new style because i haven't been watching it it's different it's different in a lot of ways so one day i get booked to be a host of a halloween fest because of pro wrestling i've learned how to work a crowd i get booked for all these things thank you pro wrestling for that and I find out that at this freaking Halloween festival is a pro wrestling show. And I looked at my wife and my kids. And I'm like, guys, like, would you want to see me in there? Like one more time, <laughs> dude, they jumped off the couch, jumped on me. They were like, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. And then the freaking show got rained out, man. <laughs> the show got rained out. I got gear. I got in shape, everything. A whole year passes. The show's back. I get booked. I've been going over this for a year. And even though uh, a little rusty, I didn't train. I didn't get in a ring. I haven't worked with anybody, but I got out there. And uh, I'd, I'd like to say we 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 worked a match. And I'm, I'm very proud of that. Yeah, it was a good show. Thank you, dude. Thank you. It's on IWTV. Check it out. Pro Wrestling After Dark. Can we talk about IWTV? When the hell is the next match coming out, dude? Yeah. You know what's actually cool about that show, too? If you go back and watch that, that was the first time. And I don't put this out there because I don't want to get booked for it ever because um, I hate doing it because <laughs> it really makes me uh, nervous and I'm not very talented. Um, <laughs> I, that was that entire show production top to bottom was me. I edited and did that entire show. That was my hard cam. That was my commentary. And then Chad walked around with a cell phone and cell phoned every single match as a rover. And then I spliced the, the roving to the hard cam and then I synced all the audio and put it all together and put a show out on IWTV. Well played. You deserve a Barry Horowitz. <laughs> I don't like to put that kind of stuff out there, but I was very, I, I wish I could have, like, I, I learned a little bit after, like, how to do, like, lower thirds and stuff. And I wish I would have had that. And I didn't. But, like, I got by. It's a watchable show. I enjoyed it. I watched it yeah. 15 times. <laughs> yep, hey, that was that was that was the power of ABJ right there. And the power of ABJ put smiles mm -hmm. on my little diabetic son's face because you guys might not know this. I know I told you ABJ, but like he wears a fanny pack. We even got a, a WWE title fanny pack the other day. Oh uh, yeah. I rock one too. So he, he keeps all his diabetes stuff in there. So ABJ is so cool. To, every time my kids go out there, he always mentions the fanny pack. So when Casey hears that, he gets very happy. Yeah, I, I might. I think I have fanny packs um, on sale on my merch page. I'll have to hit you. I have to get your address. I'll send them a fanny pack. What? It, that's awesome. Yeah. What is it about fanny packs? Can you tell me? I So my fanny pack carries my business cards, my stickers, my my GoPro, and then I have all my wireless mics in it. So I just take it all with me. So if someone has to record or everything, or they need a sticker or something, it's in my fanny pack. It's well, just why convenient. Not, why not backpack? Because you have to take the backpack off and then get into it. Fanny pack, you just right in the front. Convenient. And then you can wear it like as Rambo. You know what I mean? You can do the whole Rambo deal. You can put you know Whoa. a lot of different things you could do with a fanny pack. Yeah. Right. Fanny pack it is. Fanny pack it up, everybody. That's my Stranger Things fanny pack. I always wanted a Jansport backpack because I was always poor my whole life. And then they came out with this really cool uh, Jansport book bag. And then I also seen they, they came out with a Jansport uh, fanny pack. But if you notice, it's upside down because in the Stranger Things, the upside down. Uh, and then it has the the, the Demi Gordon Hunter. And then it has the, 
the Hellfire Club, and then it has like a little uh, six-sided die. I never played Dungeons and Dragons, but also my earbuds when I go to shows. If it's really loud, I put earbuds in. Man, Anthony, you might be a bigger nerd than me. I'm a huge nerd, giant nerd. <laughs> All right, so let's get this first question here. Uh, so people in the chat know we do questions and keep them activated and keep them engaged. Boy, baby. Where's your favorite place to wrestle? Short start. Oh. oh, my favorite place to wrestle. Well, I haven't wrestled a million places other than a million places in Florida. I've been to the southest of south, northest of north. I've worked in Philly. I've worked in Jersey. I got to go back to my stomping grounds. I'm going to Tampa, Florida. It's the place where Hogan's from. Randy was from. It's a, it's a good wrestling town. Steve Kern. And then all my boys are there. So Tampa, Florida, baby. Well, let's keep the Florida question live. Ask him about the time he wrestled in a garage in Boca Raton. I said there, I think there's a wrestling promotion in Florida right now. Boca Raton wrestling. I've heard about it. Really? Yeah, the venue looks really cool. I think it's called Boca Raton Wrestling. It's, it's a really, really cool. It's an it awesome venue. It's like dark and the lights are all bright. It looks really nice. Yeah, Boca Raton is a very luxurious place. But um, mm -hmm. my time in backyard wrestling, dude. I, <laughs> I uh, Like I said earlier, I forced all my friends to come in. I was going through flaming bar. Dude, I never... I never had blood once in a wrestling match. Uh, but in my backyard days, I was going through backyard through uh, flaming barbed wire tables, trying to do swantons off the highest thing. Basically, just torturing my friends. That's what it was all about. And dude, oh, this is a little disclaimer about backyard wrestling. So I it was it was uh, the Magic Man going up against the Cricket. And what the magic man didn't realize is the cricket had never taken a power bomb. And of course, like every backyarder should be doing a power bomb. So I, I, you know, I give him that pile driver position, right? I go to lift him up, but rather than sitting up, he grabs my pants and I'm trying to get him up, up, up. And dude, by the time I let go, he is completely vertical to the ground. And he takes a one man pile driver from two feet off the ground but he lived to tell the tale. <laughs> he, learned, he learned a valuable lesson that day. <laughs> yeah, I think that was uh, last match. I think he retired. Shout out to you, Cricket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, huge thank you to Amy Adams uh, for subscribing over on the YouTube side. Appreciate that so much. If you are watching, uh, please hit those likes on YouTube as well as that subscribe button. We are we're on that quest for one thousand subscribers, but we're getting close. I think to seven hundred. I think I think that's what it's at seven hundred. Still not enough, yo. Show ABJ some love and subscribe and uh, a little shout out, <laughs> Amy, that girl who sent a question back in the day. If you want your music played. We brought something called a compact disc, and they had to put it in and choose the music. I want you to try to guess how often they got it right, got the music right. 75%? Never got it right. Never. <laughs> well, you have to queue up everyone's tape to their spot. It's a nightmare. It was a nightmare unless the great and powerful Amy Adams was behind that disc player. She got the music right and she would travel with us. I mean, she wasn't even a part of wrestling, but she was the biggest part of our lives in wrestling. So yeah. to you and every wrestler should have an Amy in their car, not yeah. driving with them. Don't just leave oh, it. My buddy uh, that I do commentary with as well a lot, uh, BP, he he travels with me a lot. And he was another one that we just try to be like, we show up at a show and we're like, hey, what do you need? And they're like, uh, tonight we need this. And then like, well, we could do it. And they're like, have you ever done it before? And like all the time. And then we just go wing it and we successfully get it done. And then on the way home, we're like, that was hairy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that happened with BP. Uh, we, he came and they're like, well, BP, we don't have a spot for you, but we need someone to man the music. And he's like, I can do that. And he's like, I've never done this before. So not only did he do music for the show we were supposed to do, but then he was recruited to do sound for the show after, which ended up being IWTV 100, uh, which had the Wheeler Yoda Daniel Garcia match, had an Orange Cassidy in a card. Like the card was loaded oh. and he's doing music for it. And I was just like, <laughs> yo, I, I don't envy you at all. I was like, I was having an anxiety attack for him. <laughs> oh, it went well all success in the end yeah he was ring and he was music and bell which is like the first two things people notice if you fuck up <laughs> yes, <man. laughs> at once i'd lose my mind props to that guy yeah for sure. hey dude how uh, many times on the flip side have you seen 
people in this wrestling business try to do shit on the fly and it is just wrestle crap yeah all the time imagine trying to have to call that and and make it re- sound good on commentary so dude let me ask you a question a very uh selfish question yeah here i am man i'm, I'm amongst these kids like some of those I don't remember the tag team name, but these two black dudes, they are phenomenal. CMD. Bro, even my prime, I wish I could have moved like that. But then you got old man Sam coming out, third match against old man Joe Clean. Props to you, Joe Clean. You can love Joe Clean. I'm a Joe Clean. I'm a Joe Clean mark. I love that dude. Yep, as you should be. You know, from a guy on the outside, I know you're a brutally honest guy. What do you think, dude? No, I'm not. I have a wrestler. All I know are my family loves it. I need. Yeah. So I, I am under the impression of professional wrestling is, and, and, and the person I think who broke this down the best for me was Anthony Green. Anthony Green said wrestling is the Muppet Show, and 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 like a good variety show, you need a little bit of everything. You need new school. You need old school. You need comedy. You need spooky. You need you need you need to be scared. You need to be fun. You need to be laughing. You need to be crying. There's a spot for everything in professional wrestling. And if, if you do an entire show of strong style, four matches in, you've seen everything you're going to see and you're bored. If you do an entire show of comedy, you know, maybe you'll stay entertained because the comedy's there. If you do a whole show of spooky, it's just too much if you do everything the same. I think you have that old school ECW ish. I'm going to do something crazy, but you know, like it, it's there. You you have a place for it. I think I think you bring that style of wrestling that you're going to do a little more crowd work than you're going to do a flip. You know what I mean? And I think and I think sometimes that's where the young, younger generation messes up is they want to do all the flips and jumps and all that crazy stuff, but they forget if they, they're, they have to play to a crowd where I think you come out and immediately get the crowd involved because that's the old school mentality. And, and, I, and I think having that old school people in the locker room with the new school and them saying, hey, man, if you just took a second and stopped and just played to them for one second, you'll pull them back into the match. And I think that's good to have in a locker room. And I think it's good to have you have people like you in locker rooms to kind of bring that balance of meeting the two together. It's not saying one's right and one's wrong. Cause I think a lot of old school veterans will tell the new school kids that they're idiots and they're dumb and they're, what they're doing is stupid. But you know, your generation probably had that too, where they're like, yo, what are you guys doing this for? You know what I mean? And instead of telling everybody who's right and who's wrong, meet in the middle and, 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 and make it work. You know what I mean? And and find a way to incorporate the two. Dude, I'm I'm really glad you have that. Who said that? Who who's the person? Anthony who well, Anthony Green said the whole Muppet show thing, but that essentially what like the whole meeting in the middle is like I I I I get a lot of heat from my friends because I'm not a Jim, a Jim Cornette guy. I'm not a Bret Hart guy. And I think the thing that pisses me off both most, most, most about both of them is they always brag about the bricks they've laid to get there, but they're always trying to take them up as they walk away. And I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I constantly struggle with my 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 hero as a child to some of the stuff I hear nowadays with Bret. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just telling he tells if if you're so impassionate and love this business, then why would you go like Jim Cornette gets more people to hate the business that are fans of the business and all the fans of the business. All they do is trash it and say why they hate everything that they're watching. And then they're also like, like, how are you expecting to grow new fans and grow this business and make more (laughs) new fans if everything you're doing is hating on everything you're watching? Yeah. Like if you're an outside person, like, why would I watch that? You're a diehard fan and you hate it. Why would I watch it? Yeah, I can't agree with Jim Cornette. I'm, I'm on your side. Like, he, there's so many aspects of wrestling. Like, I'm not into the death matches, but I respect them. Yeah, I'm there's not, a place for it. There's a place. I'm not even into the high. When I was younger and I loved seeing some cool spots, I was into high spots. Now I watch it and I think, like, I need a little bit more story. It's not for me. But I think there's an awesome place on the card mm-hmm. for guys. There's yeah. an awesome place for the brutality stuff. And... For a guy like me who, you know, I am beat up at this point. I had my, you know, 10, 12 years in wrestling and I'm older now. So here's the cool thing. What I learned in wrestling, how to work a crowd, I have brought with me in every aspect of my life. From teaching to, right? From teaching to putting on shows to even one-on-one conversation. I bring my pro wrestling with me. But now, because I've gotten to do that so much, I've learned how to quote unquote, work a crowd without doing a wrestling move. So now, even though I love putting on some cool moves, I can go out there, do two cool moves, maybe even just one, 
and still have the crowd pop just as much as they would have as it had I done 10 cool moves and do that with personality and with connecting with them. And yeah. it, it feels good. And you tell I, one more thing, dude, I'm sorry. Just you telling me, first of all, in my mind, ECW is not old school, <laughs> but it is. And the fact that you're comparing me to that kind of thing, I take that as a, and you see a lot of matches. So I take that as a massive compliment. I'm yeah. glad I like, like, <laughs> ECW, like besides Sabu and RVD, everything that you really seen was kind of like a like you're you're just like the top rope body splash or the top rope. Like you're not doing a front flip, you're not doing a back flip. You're but you're you're jumping off the top rope into somebody. Like that's what I mean by the old school. Like it's still like holy crap, that's crazy. But it's not the 450. It's not that you're safe, but you're still doing something death defying. If that makes sense in an old school term. Nowadays, people are doing 450s, and you see people jumping, springing off the ropes. So what? That's like the newer way of doing it. But like. You still, there, there's, there, there's like Jimmy, if people look at what Jimmy Snooker did. He did a body splash off the top of a cage. Get the hell out of here. He's, uh, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'd ask for back in the day, though. Yeah. Another thing, too, how you were saying is bringing it once you learn this, this lifestyle and this business and learn and learn the business and learn the kayfabe, like, and you take it in the real world, you dominate the real world. <laughs> You really do. If you learn this mind state and this and work the business and, and play a character and do all that, the real world's not as it can get a lot easier. <laughs> that's, so, that's so interesting when you say it, because if you think about it, you're 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 improving in the ring in a very high levels, a very high stressful situation. And if you can get through a 15 minute match where maybe you lost yourself in the first minute and get through and still have the audience in the palm of your hands. Shit, man, going to the bank teller, whatever it is the next day is so easy. Just mm -hmm. normal life situations are so easy. And you know what else is easy is, is being the center of the room if you need to be. If you're at a business meeting or whatever, you know how to make people feel something. Or you can or you can point out a mark, you can point out a money man. You can you, you can you can point out you can point out the, the the problem in the room. You can point out the 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 best person in the room. You you know when someone's being fake or being carny. There's a lot of things you learn in this business that when you go out in the real world, it's like, oh, I see you. I we see what you're doing. You we've seen you. We've seen all of you. Know all of you. <laughs> Young Rock said it best, man. Just live the business. Live the business. Yeah, yeah. man. So what about um, you? I know this is about me, but. I Oh, did I get a question? No, you're good. I, I, we got questions, but you, I'll let you go ahead. I'm just curious about you, dude. I know you went through some difficult situations with the company that I love, and it bumps me out because I love the people there. John, all those people, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of them, but I know you had your own deal with them. Like, what are you going to do? Because you sound like you were – we've all been there, man. Like, it sounded well, like you were a little down and the, out. The, well, I, I don't want to misconstrue the two. I wasn't leaving – podcasting or content creating because of what happened at Shorestar. There are two different instances. Um, the, essentially what happened there is this: we had a disagreement on, on, on things. And I, I, I don't want to sit here and say, I don't want someone to be around and I don't want someone to be given an opportunity because I would never look at like a young person who's trying and be like, I don't want that person there because they're not talented enough. That's not what I was trying to do, but I feel like it, our, our locker room at Shorestar Con everyone conducted themselves a certain way and everyone treated themselves a certain way and everyone brought something to the table that was positive and it was good for the young kids that were there and and the environment that the, for the people that we were putting a show on for and i just felt like they were going to bring people in or you know a person in that i felt like didn't fit fit that vibe and i didn't feel like they fit the locker room and i felt like that person that was going to come was possibly going to bring another person that they roll with that was inappropriate with a personal friend of mine and i just didn't stand for it and and listen, the paydays are great, and 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 the locker room is great, and I love that locker room, and every single member of that roster I've considered a family, and and the fact that people hit me up and said like they felt like two guys on commentary were like a backbone of the company feels amazing to hear, and and the fact that we were like locker room leaders, but at the end of the day, you kind of you know I I don't I'm not gonna say I'll, I'll live and die on my hill. I'll have a conversation and I'll figure out what I did wrong, and I'm listening. I'm always down to talk about it, but it just it's just um. When, when you when you go and you make um, a complaint or you go and you make a, hey, this is how I feel, and you're being told we feel the same way, but then those feelings go on Facebook and they're used against you and made fun and you're made fun of without the tag being there, but you know it's you because you just got out of conversation with them. I felt it was disrespectful and I felt like we deserved better. Just being that's, honest. 
that's definitely shitty communication. Yeah. I mean, I mean, doing that shit online is, is definitely bad communication. It shouldn't be yeah. like that. However, uh, and I can go way deeper, but I just feel like it would be me bashing them <clears throat> and me putting a bad taste in that promotion. And I don't want to do that because once again, I love Vinicenzo. I love that locker room. I love you guys. I love every single person who walks through that curtain at that company because I think you all work your asses off, and I think you have great storytelling there. I love. I listen. I it's it's a three. It was a three, almost three and a half hour drive for me to get to Pete, then from Pete to to Shorestar, and we did that once a month or every other month, and we did it with a smile on our face. And that's that's a day. That's a that's a complete day and almost the next day for us gone because we weren't getting home at sometimes until 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, and your next day you're, like, completely zombified. So that, that show is a two-day show for us, essentially. And, and mentally to do commentary, and I'm not trying to do a woe is me, but, you know, you, you put yourself through a, a, a spectrum of emotions and a commentary you you go from funny to scared to concerned to excited to and by the end of it you're beat you're drained you know what i mean and then you add the car rides and you add everything else like we we were proud of that promotion and we loved it we when that promotion first started that like that promotion was started on hey here's our commentary team and then here's the roster so we were proud of everything that was happening there and it, it sucks that it's not a thing anymore but it is what it is when when one door closes another one will open I do wonder, man, if, if, if that door could ever reopen. Uh, I'm, I'm not a part yeah. of this. Well, Pete said, here, if you have a concern, come talk to me. We'll talk about it. And that's what we did. We followed those rules, and, and not everybody um, conducted themselves that way. The fact of the matter is that, like, when I watch my match or any of the other matches, going back to what you were saying before, like, I don't feel like you guys take over the show. On the flip side, I don't think you're one of those commentators that's so damn awful that you can't stop listening to them because yeah. they – so distracting you guys are that perfect mix so like it's a big loss and um uh, it's a damn shame i hope whatever happens works out and um yeah, do you, yeah I, I don't think you do but do you regret speaking up about this or are you like, no not at all I, I listen i if there's one thing my italian irish blood will never be sorry for is standing up for what i believe in all right <laughs> yeah. um and it wasn't just for me it wasn't like it wasn't just this was it, me and pete had a concern and no one else had the same concerns it wasn't like we were the only ones who felt the same thing, but it, it also comes down to um, people want opportunities and people want to work and people like the payday and people I, I've I, my whole life consider it right right now. I have no car. I'm broke as shit. I have $16 in my bank account, so I'm not motivated by money. I've been poor my whole life. So so a payday for a wrestling show does not over does not does not sway me from for standing up for what I believe in. It is what it is. All right, right on. Yeah. And we're still, I, I still will 100% support the company. I'll watch the company. I'll, I'll check it out. Thing. Like, That's like, I, I, I see yeah. it online. I see you uh, sharing their posts. Almost, I think, Vice, I think our, this interview was shared on their post. So, yeah, I have no beef. Like, even the people who I had a disagreement with, I, I have no ill feeling towards most of them. Um, <laughs> like, I'm cool with Chad. I, I mean, like, I, I, it is what it is. Uh, it just, it's just, so. it's, it's disappointing. We'll just say it's disappointing. I guess so. Yeah, but it is. Listen, but they have. They're going to be in good hands. They did. They did. They put some new commentary in there, and I'm sure they're going to do great. There's a lot of very talented people in the New Jersey scene, and they'll do it just fine. Um, but I appreciate you saying how you uh, with us. Um, I think a lot of times people say, oh, well, if you try to be too funny on commentary, you, uh, commentary is very highly scrutinized in this business, almost more than the wrestling in the ring. Really? If, uh, oh, 100%. If you watch pe people on time all day, I hate this person on commentary. And this goes from WWE all the way down to AEW. They'll tell you who they like and who they don't they, like. I bet the ones who have hate are way more vocal than the ones who have the love. Yeah, but here's the thing, too, is is you get told on commentary, don't overshine what's happening in the ring and don't make it about yourself. But also you want to develop you want to be part just as much part of the show as a talent in the ring. So if you just lay back and you're a boring baseball announcer, like who's your favorite baseball announcer? Like two people that people know because they just blend in and they have a normal voice and no one knows who they are. But in professional wrestling, Jim, Jim Ross will live forever. Tony Schiavone will live forever because you, they've made themselves just as much part of the show as anybody else. And, and I felt like that's where me and Pete felt that line. I'm not comparing us to the grades, but I felt like we, made our spot where like oh i'm excited to hear them on commentary but also they bring something to the match and tell a story to make the the match as good as it is in the ring so from someone on the other side first of all that's fascinating i always think about how what i do in my 
eight to 15 minutes is exhausting, mainly because of all the fucking nerves that go in my head. Sorry if any No, we can curse. Watch. I've been cursing the whole time. <laughs> no, I've been students oh. watching. Oh. Sorry, students. Don't say bad words. Sorry, kiddos. <laughs> so, uh, what, where were we going? Uh, you were saying about on, on your aspect. Uh, your eight minutes, you have a lot going yeah. on. Dude, it's just it's very exhausting, especially just getting nervous beforehand. I never thought about that, man. You're out there, eight, 10, 12 matches, doing a wide variety of emotions. That is exhausting over a few mm-hmm. hours. Yeah, it's a lot, especially if you especially if you believe in what you're doing. If you're if 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 say if um a spooky character comes out and you just play it off as you played the last match. Oh, here comes a spooky character. I wonder what they're about. Like, are you just no sell that they're a spooky character and you completely diminish the character? You you just lost that emotion for the character in the ring and the people listening at home. If if something very serious is happening where there's a real tension in the ring where two best friends are finally fighting and they're fighting to the bitter end, if you just play that dead, you just took away the intent- energy of the entire moment. It's like it's like scoring music to a movie. You can have the same scene and put clown music to it and put a spooky soundtrack to it, and you set the tone for exactly what that scene's gonna be just by what the background is. And that's exactly what commentary should do. So how would you sell yourself? Who is ABJ? How is ABJ different? Who is um, as a announcer? I feel like ABJ is 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 ABJ the entire time. I, I know I have been playing a little bit more of a heelish thing on commentary, but uh but there is some truth to Feel some of my heel. Head, man. Just yeah, saying. there is some truth to some of my heelness. If if you give me an opportunity, if you if you like, I'm not gonna call out a f- a fumble in the ring. If you if you have a botch, I hate that word. Or if you slip or something, I'm like, oh, this guy sucks. I'm never gonna bury a wrestler like that. But if you stumble on a promo or something like that, like I'll find something to to pick on you for or a look or something. But it's essentially just to define me as the heel and give Pete. The, the the feedback of the other person in the ring so and i switch it up sometimes a heel comes in the ring and i hate the, like for example bad company i love bad company they're my one of my favorite teams i love them to death um but my my gimmick that i kind of just came up on, on the one show is i hate bad company but i was the heel commentator i hate them they're scumbags these guys are jokes but i love pete corvus and he's part of that team and and, and where i kind of got that from personally was like bobby heaton bobby heaton played a heel but he didn't like every heel in the ring. He picked and sh- like some some heels he didn't like. Huh. You know, yeah. Bobby Heaton wasn't just right down the middle. If you were a bad guy, I liked all bad guys, and if you were a good guy, I hated all good guys. Bobby played the field. Bobby liked some baby faces and wishes they were part of his stable. And and but he some heels he thought were, were dirt balls. I, I I try to flip it up and change it every now and then. I keep them guessing and and who I like and who I don't like. And then sometimes like yourself or some other people on the scene. They hear me talk crap, and they'll met, they'll say something after like I want to I, I want to do something with you now like Dude, I wa- you I fuel started, me to yeah yeah we started a feud man yeah now all yeah. the fans are gonna wonder what was gonna happen yep yeah so that that happens a lot or sometimes in the ring like here he is right here <laughs> crispy crispy's a young guy in the ring and in in, in his career and he, he's trying to struggle to find his character and. I kind of roast him a little bit, but it's out of love. And then he realizes like the day I give him props is probably going to be legitimate. You know what I mean? Like, like so, but it's, it's all respect too. So if I crap on somebody, it's not that I absolutely hate you or I think you're terrible. I think I'm better than you. It's just, I'm trying to play a character a little bit here too, but I'm going to try to do it from a place of just, I don't know, somewhat realism, but I don't know. It's tough. I I just find myself a lot of it just completely improv. (laughs) So from the man himself, in your opinion, yeah. number one commentator, or if you want, commentating team of all time, uh, professional wrestling wise, like TV yeah. wise, or like in general. I don't watch any sports, so yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I was gonna say if you want it independent people, or if you want it um, like TV people. No, we're going TV. All right. So people automatically think I'm gonna say Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. That's not huh. the answer. Um, because I I I, J, J, I thought Jerry Lawler was really good, but I also thought that uh, he Jerry was a little too much sometimes, and a lot of his stuff didn't age well. I know it's going to be. I wish AEW would chop a little off their commentary team. I really like uh, Excalibur. I think he's a great play-by-play guy, and I really like Shivani as the color. Um, I think today's Jim Ross is not as good as a Jim Ross back then, and it's not because of his 
you know, his, his speech and stuff like that. I just like, I, I don't like Jim Ross in today when he does women's matches. Cause he's like, these girls aren't playing with their Barbie dolls anymore. And I'm like, women's wrestling has evolved way more than that. JR relax. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I really like Shivani and I really like Excalibur. I, I love, dude, I, I'm shocked. You're throwing Shivani in that mix. I love Shivani. I love Shivani a lot. I also really like um I like Graves. I like Corey Graves. I think he's a good heel commentary. I love I love Michael Cole and I love Michael Cole now that he doesn't have Vince in his ear and he can be Michael Cole. And I love Pat McAfee because essentially Pat McAfee, and I'm not trying to say it was me, but I was doing Pat McAfee before he came on TV. Like uh, what Pat McAfee is doing is what I was trying to replicate. I was trying to bring unapologetically me. I'm going to walk in with jeans and a t-shirt and just have fun and party and have a good time and, and be me on commentary. And then Pat McAfee was like, Oh cool. I'm a podcaster who walked in your thing and I'm going to be unapologetically me and I'm going to be funny, entertaining, but also bring the emotion to a mass. that needs to be there as well. So I know I like I, I like I like them. Um, another great one is um, I literally was about to say his name and it just it left my brain. Oh, Joey oh, Styles, Joey Styles of ECW. Doing a show by yourself solo is the hardest thing you'll ever do in professional wrestling. That dude's the goat. The goat. That, that one I will totally agree with you on. Yeah. You're um, not. Wait, hold on, dude, dude. Gorilla and Bobby are probably, but my answer of overall, my favorite commentary team of all time, Gorilla and Bobby. Or Gorilla and Gorilla so and, and Jesse was good two. too. Why did you wait so long to say those two? Those are because I wanted to give the I, I, I anticipation, baby. But <laughs> yeah. But Gorilla and Bobby or Gorilla and Jesse are the are the are the three goats of all time. They're the best. The yeah. best. And uh, like not to be name dropping, but out of all the people at Kearns or just working shows that I got to meet and talk to there was no one nicer and more helpful to me than bobby the brain heenan <sighs> he was talking to me like i'm talking to you right now just i was nobody i was 18 i had just done a shitty match at wrestling school and he was just talking to me and might have been for an hour and a half i couldn't believe it yeah I, I that that's probably I've been going back and watching a ton of that and I'm trying to implement more of that. I like the color side of things. If I have to do play by play, I will. But I've been really, really watching a lot of Jesse Ventura and I've been really watching a lot of uh, Bobby because the funny thing is, too, is like you go back and you, you read the dirt sheet. So, you know, the inside information and Bobby and Jesse were saying that shit on commentary. And it was like if you knew you knew and the people who watched it loved it and then people at home were still entertained but like why do you say that you know what i mean <laughs> and i like to, i like to throw that stuff in there too you know what i mean like good stuff it's a little something yeah. for everybody yeah makes yeah. you pay attention to commentary more like what's what's he gonna say next yeah yeah dude i really want to hear your commentary on my next match i don't know if it's ever gonna get dropped do you think that episode's gonna get dropped which one the one with the chalkboard that still hasn't been put out yet I haven't seen it anywhere. I isn't it on that isn't on that new streaming site? Is it on the new XPW thing? I'll have to look into it. I thought they moved I thought they moved it off of IWTV and they put it somewhere else. Oh, here I am paying ten dollars a month. All right. Yeah, I, I if I'm not mistaken, that was the move I thought Shorestar did where they took everything off there and they put they put it on that streaming service where it's like them and a bunch of other things in the XPW. Yikes. See that guy lit himself on fire the other night. No. Yeah, that's pretty dope, right? Uh, they just did. A, he did a spitting fireball right into the front row of a crowd, and then when he went to wipe his mouth, he wiped his mouth with the bottle with the with the ladder <laughs> fluid in it and lit himself on fire in front of a live oh. crowd. Oh. He was probably on fire for a good minute and a half. Oh no. So I once again I love pro wrestling and I don't mind deathmatch wrestling, but also think of your own safety and the people around you. You ever see the or like put needles through parts of your body? Why? I respect it. I respect it. I don't. It. I don't respect. I don't respect pulling your private parts out in a match and sticking a hypodermic needle through it. I didn't say I respected that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about when they take the freaking glass tubes and just kind of on the forehead? Yeah, the glass tube. I mean, they're they're as safe as they're gonna be. I mean, you can still die and hurt yourself really bad on them, but if, <laughs> for the most part, if you know what you're doing with them, you can do it safely. You know what I mean? I was wondering if anyone ever like breathed that stuff in. Probably. Has to be yeah. right. Uh, okay. Pete Long. Here's a question from Pete. What's a dream match for Mister Sam? What did he say? What's a dream match for Mister Sam? Who do you want to work? Well, 
I actually think I'm going to be having my uh, dream match coming up. So, uh, of course, like my heroes are Brett and Sean. That's not happening. And if you were listening to this interview, you'll know that I am in a very specific part of my career where I just want to have fun. And there's no one I would have more fun with than to bring in my former tag team partner, David Mercury, get his butt up here to New Jersey and see what happens. This man has gone from our tag team to becoming one of the most evolved workers in Florida, still getting ranked, still teaching, still killing the game. One of my best friends. No, no. He's the best friend, along with Amy, I got out of the pro wrestling business. So my dream match with, or even if we have to face each other against, would be with David Mercury. 100%. Thank you for that. In the chat says, when are you going to man up and face your old partner who's still waiting to compete against you? In the chat, there it is. You answered that question. Oh, David, I'm right here, brother. (laughs) July 22nd, man. July 22nd, let's make it a thing. You come to Camp Tuscaloosa, and you'll see your old man has not missed a beat. I can still work, brother. The only heat I still have with you is I still never got a snap bracelet. I'm just saying. Yeah, mother. Yeah, that's that was part of our feud. You were never, <laughs> I was going to give Pete gold stars. I was going to give his kids everything. And for you, you get nothing. Nothing. But, you get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> Good day. Uh, so besides professional wrestling outside of professional wrestling you say you're teaching you got your own little podcast set up let's talk about that let's talk about all the things i do okay here we go so my town hamilton's a small town and we do shows here all the time so i'm part of an art club i'm going to be hosting an art festival i hosted a uh, poetry session the other day i have a an old podcast i don't really do it the pillars of hamilton where i uh interviewed the mayor and other important people here in town i did uh a, a, a podcast about the 80s where we were interviewing heroes from our childhood it was really cool i uh, got to talk to a lot of people from back in the day um doing a lot of charity work a ton my son has type 1 diabetes as we mentioned so I'm constantly raising money for JDRF. We had Spring Fest here the other day, and we raised $10,000 while kids had a blasty blast. So, and dude, more than anything, I'm friggin' owning a school, a summer camp, the coolest camp around, and uh, I'm raising four kids. So my plate is full, brother. I feel that. I feel that. I don't have any kids. Thank thank Jesus. <laughs> um, but but it all sounds amazing, man. I, I, I'm, in the, I'm in the same boat. Like... I, I'm not just a podcast dude. I'm not just the pro wrestling commentary guy. I, you know, I, I I still love my music scene in the area. Uh, I try to support as much local art and local people and, and small business as I possibly can. Um, I actually am starting my own, uh, hosting my own open mic sessions here very soon in my hometown. Dude. So just giving some opportunities for people to come do a comedy or bring a guitar and plug in and play or come sing. I'm a master storyteller. So come on up. I would love to. Yeah, yeah, see, this is what I'm talking about. You're living life, man. You're doing all the things you love. It would be really cool if you could make some more money off of it, right? Ah, Jesus, God. <laughs> As I have my devil tattoo, praising God. <laughs> Stop doing that. That's probably not helping, but... Um, no. I don't know, man. I, I wish you greatness because you're putting greatness out there and you're living life to the fullest. So yeah. my my goal, man, the, my overall goal is I want I want to grow my brand. I want to obviously make this a ho- hopefully a living someday, but I want to grow this platform. So the point when I go live or when I have someone like you on more people are exposed to you than they are me. You know what I mean? Like, I, like if, if my brand grows, they already enjoy what I do and they trust my judgment as a person to say, this is my person. This is the guest who I have on. This is who I want you to support and love and go and go support them and do what they're doing. Uh, that's, that's why my brand is important to me. Cause if I put myself around people who I think are good people and people who I'm sharing good stories of that, that's, that's key for me. Now, if I go and work with a bunch of Dirtball scumbags that I lose my credibility. You know what I mean? So it's it's tough. It's a tough, it's a tough balancing act. <laughs> Indeed. And I'm glad you're on the up now. Can I tell you my goal? Because yep. I only got one. I don't know if it's gonna happen. And if it doesn't happen, I'll be okay. But I have 
a goal. And that goal is this. Hopefully it's with Shorestar. I want to I want to put an, on enough good shows. I want to get the respect of those guys in the back enough so that they give me a shot at winning a belt. And I know how that sounds like the belt's so important, but this one wouldn't be for me. My goal, shoot, man, I want to get emotional with this. Not getting emotional. My goal is to have that belt so that not only all my kids can come in the ring with me, but more importantly, I want my Casey Duke, my son with diabetes, to stand in that ring with me and hold a belt above his high, hold the belt high above his head. And, you know, show the world that the champion, show the world the champion that he is. So I want to put on shows. I want to have fun. But that is my number one goal is to have that one moment. Yeah. You're doing it for your kids at this point. A little bit for myself, too. I'm having a good time. But (laughs) a lot of it it is for the kiddos. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, man. Plus, I'm sorry. One more thing. It It has been so fun for 20 something years. First telling people I'm a wrestler than telling people I was a pro wrestler, a former, but way cooler than telling people that you're a former pro wrestler is telling people that you're a pro wrestler. I take such freaking pride in this career, hobby, passion, whatever you want to call it. I take immense pride in it being such a huge part of my life. Yeah. Well, listen, man, we, we hit that aisle mark. I'll give everybody in the chat here a couple more minutes. If they have any more questions or any, any kind words they want to put out, to Mr. Sam, while we're here, anything you want to, where can people find you? Anything you want to plug, anything you want to get out there? I asked for his, I asked for his links and he said, I'm not giving you any links. uh, So I have nothing below for you to click on him. So I'm going to have him verbally say what people should go support. I didn't give you nothing. Double negative. I'm a teacher. I know. Sorry guys. The reason (laughs) I did that is because of where I am in pro wrestling. If I make a Facebook page and uh, this page and that page, first of all, I don't understand the internet. Second of all, once that happens, I start worrying about likes and that BS, which that's my problem. And why why would I even do it? To get booked for other shows? I don't want to get booked for other shows. I want to go all in with Shorestar. So if I ever have to promote myself more, maybe. But for now, I'm in the place I want to be. I'm working the shows I want to work, and I'm happy. So uh, sorry to all you fans. No Facebook page for today. <laughs> well, all right, so the last one I did miss earlier. Scott uh, says, questions about anywhere in the world you want to wrestle. Kind of answered a little bit. He kind of just wants to stay with the short star thing. But if, the, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the, someone said that you can wrestle in any venue, where you want to go? Thanks, Scott, for that question, because I actually never thought about that. Um, yeah, I do have a place I want to wrestle. It was like 10 years ago, my whole family up and moved to the great and powerful country of Israel. There's not a lot of pro wrestling in Israel. And I would love to come out maybe to, uh, my interest music could be like Hava Nagila or like Barry Horowitz used to do back in the day and, uh, do a whole Jewish thing. I'm Jew, by the way. And uh, rock the Jew thing, go to Israel and do it in front of my nieces and nephews and, and my parents and, and the family I love so much who are on the other side of the world. That would be a dream. I love that. I love that, man. Well, listen, uh, we'll give some, some people more time here, but I just want to say, say thank you. Is there, and is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything we didn't go over that you wanted to get out there? Yeah, there's a couple mentions. One is, um, so I know I'm not the most credible guy who has one of these. But I do have a professional wrestling school that just started. It's at Instinct Martial Arts, and um, it's with some guys who are real hungry. Now, I know I don't have the resume that a lot of teachers do, but here's what I do have. I have 10 years in the business. I know how to work a crowd. I know how to work on a match real well. And more than anything, something I have that the other pro wrestlers don't have is a lot of time in a classroom. So my 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 students are getting a real good education from Mr. Sam. Alec King, we got uh, the wizard in there. We got all these silly gimmicks and they are working their ass off. So if you're interested in uh, learning a little wrestling, um, you know, come on over to Instinct Fitness and check us out. We're having some good times over there. Maybe I'll maybe we'll have to come down and do a little filming one day. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, man, I want to thank you so much for your time. I apologize for the way things went down. Um, 
a lot of things going on. Hopefully, hopefully for the hopefully for the good. Uh, but um, the just I guess the biggest thing is I know I I wasn't expecting this short star talk, but we did it. We did it. But uh, I just want that locker room to know I love them all so much, and I want nothing but success for them all, and I hope they keep killing it. And uh, just because I'm not there doesn't mean I don't want that place to be successful. And I don't want that. I mean, listen, dude, like that, that that Jersey Shore is dope. Like it's a fun place to go. I was actually looking forward to the summertime when that place was popping and doing that in front of like big, big, big crowds or on the boardwalk. You know what I mean? It's, I was it's, looking it's forward a, to being in my backyard. Yeah, the, the, I, your community sounds amazing. I love how passionate you are about your local community. I'm the same way. I mean, my iced tea sticker says enough. Like I love where I'm from, and I, I like that about you too. That you're passionate about your hometown and. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it I, I appreciate your time and, and, and sorry that we did have to postpone this. So everyone that was looking forward to it, I apologize. Uh, I, I don't take a lot of pride in canceling interviews. It was, but I was in a real rough spot at that point. Well, in we time. made history, right? I was the first one you canceled. Yeah, I think so. Like on the day like that. Yeah. Where I, I felt like I had to cancel one, but, um, we're back. We made it work and I'm giving you four interviews. If you, if you do enjoy this conversation, please check out pre- previous episodes on the network. There's tons of great stuff on there. Tons of independent wrestling interviews. Uh, there's some movie directors, some musicians, there's a little bit of everything. Uh, the doors are open for anybody. If you have a story you want to tell, you want to tell your chapter of your life, choked on my own spit uh hit up the podcast uh links below the merchandise are available if you're listening to the audio side you can support the podcast with the with the donation uh everything's in the link tree and uh once again mrs m appreciate you my guy thank can you for I, doing this with one quick shout out absolutely please i want to give a shout out to five very special people i'm talking about Jaden the crusher casey the hammer Ashy Mays, and of course the Princess Warrior Sora Rain, along with my queen upstairs. I'll be upstairs soon. Let's watch some Power Rangers. I oh, the new it. one, the new Power Ranger movie. Yes, sir. We gotta watch it. I may, I may have been given a Netflix account so I can watch it. So I'm gonna check it out as well. All right, we'll trade notes. My, uh, I have a jacket. I don't even ever see my jacket I wear at the shows, but the back, I have all the Power Ranger medallions across There's the back, and then the, on your jacket, right? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, I like the Power Rangers are represented on the jacket. Nice. uh, I need more time with that jacket next time. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with the 50th episode of the ABJ podcast. Now you're thinking to yourself, if this is your first time here, 50 episodes, man, you've been at this a while since October. Uh, I've been doing two episodes a week for for since october so we're finally hitting episode 50 which is absolutely insane the youtube channel if you head over to the anthony blackwell jr youtube channel we have movie reviews i'm always doing game streams right now i'm doing like a play along of breath of the wild and zelda i'm not very good at it but come and hang out um we we have uh we do pro wrestling content once a, once a week we have bad booking there's a little bit of something for everything we're bringing more in so come check it out the abj it's not just a podcast it's a youtube channel as well and uh like i said you can find me on all podcast platforms as well as all social media just type in anthony blackwell jr or the abj podcast we'll see you next time here's some music by my boy the converse kid billy trey and roll baby